Welcome back, everybody, to Pop Pop, the Pop Culture Podcast. I am the alien Joel Reeves, and with me, as always, is Taylor Salen. Hey, yo. How's it going, everybody? And Lauren Sperling. Hi, friends. Marvel wants to just make us look a fool, you guys. <laughs> Marvel just wants us to eat our own words. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. I think we've pretty heavily talked about on this podcast how when they revealed all of the next projects coming up, I was like, WandaVision, lame. And then I loved the show. Um, I would say, and you can go fact check this if you want. Go back and listen to the Comic-Con episode. I think I said Loki was the thing I was least excited for out of Probably. all of them. Yeah. Um, fuck me. These, <laughs> the, I mean, we're going to be talking about the first two episodes, but the pilot episode was stellar yeah yeah what did you guys think about it definitely i, I think, mean don't we need to re- uh, roll the sw- uh, sweet smooth jams though joel did we fuck do that me. yeah i'm str- i'm on the str- i'm on the struggle bus today guys it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> that's why i'm here to that's why i'm here to help uh, you know give give a lending hand whenever i need to i didn't sleep last night taylor roll me those sweet smooth jams waka waka <laughs> Wow, it's like I'm it's like I'm back at the club. And so Loki. I know, right? <laughs> Vietnam War flashbacks. I just gotta say once again, I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. So you're welcome. See, but I feel like everybody of um a certain gender or sexual persuasion was just excited for this show because Everyone simps really hard for Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I, I mean, am I wrong? I'm sure that was a lot of people's opinions. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also it's freaking Loki, so you can do so much mischievous, crazy stuff with him. So, mm-hmm. and he's a bomb actor. So mm-hmm. he is really good in this show already. Um, yeah, holy shit! It's literally a master mass watching him in that pilot episode. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. As someone who is currently studying in the same way that he studied mm-hmm. in drama school in London, watching that episode, I was like, this is what I've been doing for the last nine months. Right. Seriously. It's like, yeah, it's that's, crazy. It's that's, cool. I want to do that. Yeah. Um, that's going to be me someday. Yeah, right. Um, You're going to be Loki? I mean. Spoilers for episode yep. two. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. It's not off the table. <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think for me, it was when it was announced, it was definitely one of those shows that was like, okay, like, I'm, I don't hate this, but I'm not quite sure what, what to expect from it. You know, we kind of knew that, yeah. you know, based on Endgame, like, you know, it was going to sort of deal with the ramifications of, of all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I think the show is, is, is really good. Um, and I think it's very justified in its existence because that was one of my questions is like, okay, We've kind of seen the arc of Loki like throughout, you know, kind of phase one, two and three, really. 
Yeah. And, um, you know, how can you do something that hasn't been done before with his character? And obviously there's a lot of opportunity, like Lawrence said out there, you know, with the characters. It's like, how do you how do you not retread the same ground that you've already sort of done and established with the character? And, you know, yeah. also I think Loki had a great conclusion to his arc um, mm-hmm. in Infinity War as well. So... Uh, you know, although that was oh, basically, when he dies. yeah, I mean, well, but that was basically a cameo in that movie. But it was a nice conclusion to like sort of everything that had been established at that point, especially from Ragnarok. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's okay. I'm I'm interested, in, you know, in this, but I'm not quite sure what to make of it. I'm not sh- quite sure if I'm sold yet. You know, obviously the trailer did a little bit more of that for us. We're like, okay, this is kind of a little more sort of comedy base to a certain respect like it's not serious loki it's kind of like they're gonna have fun with it you know politician loki and all that stuff we <laughs> saw in the trailer yeah. um so yeah i mean i think you know at, at every stage of us learning more about this project it's i've gotten more excited about it so i think you know like you said lauren that's testament to you and you're uh it's almost like you're a member of the tva or something like you have some, some forethought you know some foresight going on here but uh but yeah i mean i think the show's really awesome i can't I'm sworn to secrecy. Yeah, so. there you go. Well, Where's your TVA you jacket mean, when you need it? Right? Um, I entered a contest to win a TVA jacket, really? actually. So <laughs> that's we'll see. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I think you know, just starting with the pilot, like like Lauren said, that a the acting's great, but I think it also really overall it it very much justifies like why the series exists and like kind of this new direction mm-hmm. they're sort of taking the character into. I think one of one of my favorite things. And I didn't quite realize it until the second episode, but looking back, it's definitely the the structure and the elements are there. But it's basically a procedural, you know what I mean? Like a cop procedural. And right. I yeah. kind of, like it's a time cop procedural, basically, yeah. you know, and it's like exactly. I kind of I kind of love like the MCU is like at this point kind of known for like, oh, you know, like uh, uh, the Winter Soldier is like three days of the Condor with superheroes, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like they kind of take from these different genres and that's what allows them to put interesting spins on these stories. And so I just really love the fact that it's kind of a procedural, like, you know, all these elements going in. But what I loved is equally as much as um, Hiddleston was was Owen Wilson, man. He's uh, really great in this series. Yeah. And and what I what I really, really love about the way they cast him in this is he's basically playing the straight man, which he usually mm-hmm. never does that. And mm-hmm. so it's a really fun dynamic between him and Loki and with Owen Wilson playing the straight man, but also very, very subtly kind of really hilarious in this show too. Like he, he's able to slip these little jokes in there and, and his you know line deliveries and stuff that's just so so wonderful. So yeah, I really oh, enjoyed that aspect absolutely. of the show. He is M- Mobius M. Mobius. <laughs> Mobius <laughs> Mobius name, is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, well, and one would assume the M in the middle is also Mobius. Yeah. Does that mean um, he goes to the triple M when he goes to Comic Con? Hey, Obviously. Good shout. Good shout. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, he kind of plays the straight man, but you know, it's fucking Owen Wilson. So even when he's delivering something. Great. It's like, ah, I see what you did there. Like, mm-hmm. just, he, I feel like he could never not be funny, even when he's trying to just be like, I'm going to play this scene and I'm going to act in it like an actor not being funny. And you're like, that shit was hilarious, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. He just, yeah. like, he can, yeah, he's just so good. Um, there's a fucking loud ass bird outside my window. Um, I, what I, I really liked the beginning <laughs> of 
the show when they when they're going through and they're like tearing his clothes off right they're like making him sign the doc being like this is everything you ever said right <laughs> um just the small and i i you loki's not my favorite character Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I was just finding myself like really enjoying his interactions with all the different like TVA like employees. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the little it, can I say midget? Is that um, the, the midget guy? The where little he's like, person. The, the little person where he's like, step yeah. through this. If you're a robot, you will burn out. You will burn up from the inside. And he's just like, what if I was a robot the whole time? And I never knew. And it's like <laughs> small little Tom Hiddleston moments that I'm like, God damn it, man. Like you, you, you got me. Yeah. yeah killing yeah. it right now absolutely um yeah and i mean what you know one of the things we can definitely talk about this as we get towards the end of the episode but one of the things i really loved is it's like okay this is like kind of a fun time travel like procedural series we're trying to do but you know at the end of the day i think you know especially like i said the pilot really justifies like loki sort of going on this journey right like the way that they mm -hmm. you know presented as like this kind of fun thing but then it actually like he has legitimate like legitimately great character moments in this uh yeah in this episode you know what i mean and and yeah. for me it really hooked me in where it's like okay this is fun but i think the character journey that we're going to go on with this you know throughout at least the first season um is going to be really interesting and really intimate in a lot of ways too it's i feel like mm -hmm. maybe i'm wrong you know based on the first two episodes but i feel like this is really going to be a complete dissection of like the character of loki you know what i mean not only through the Loki that we know, but like all the different variants that we're probably going to end up seeing of him. And uh, the first episode, like, I don't know if you guys noticed, like when they show all the different variants, I was just like, this oh, is yeah. too, like, like yeah. buff Loki, you know what I mean? Like all these yeah. different things that they incorporated. So, you know, I think it's a, a really smart kind of starting point for, for a series like this. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because it's not the Loki we know from the end of Infinity or from from the beginning of Infinity War, right? It's mm -hmm. the it's like the 2012 like yeah. New York mm -hmm. Loki, right? So like he went through all this character building in the MCU to get to like the conclusion that he had, and now he's kind of like starting from square one. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he still kind of yeah. is a bad guy, even you know it's like we got to see him. I don't know if he you know fully redeemed himself in the end, but. You know, he he was in a better spot than he began. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Kind of back to that square one moment of like, I'm a bad guy. Um, yeah. And, you know, where do you like, yeah, now now that like he has to, you know, he like Taylor said, he has like a purpose. Right. So it's like <laughs> um, we're going to get to see him redeem himself in like a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. Which, uh, yeah, that's that's a fun that's yeah. a fun premise. Um, Absolutely. I really enjoyed, and I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to the next episode, but they're just going for it. Like, shit's mm -hmm. like, I really like when they were explaining, like, what the TVA was and who the Time Lords were and, or the Time, the Timekeepers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doctor Who. Um, yeah, right. Seriously. And, like, the multiverse war. And, like, mm -hmm. they, like, they're really setting, they're like, this shit's coming up. So we're going to yeah. just start talking about Lean it. Lean into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's like, and then basically at the end of episode two, I think it was like what we like that, that beginning cartoon about like the multiverse war and how all the timelines were like, kind of like battling against each other to like be the one timeline. I kind of mm -hmm. feel like that's how episode two ends. That's kind of like where we're heading. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. But by, by the way, that little video gave me like massive Jurassic Park vibes when they do the thing, mm -hmm. you know, in that oh, movie. Yeah, and, for it's, sure. and also miss minutes is like, one of the best things I think the MCU has done in a long time. Yeah. 
Tara um, Strong, man. I know, right? And what a perfect, so what a perfect uh, personality to like embody. You know, a character that's mm-hmm. basically voiceover like that for the entire series. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, definitely. And I think you know, jump back to what you were saying, Joel, is like that whole idea of you know Loki basically being 2012 Loki, not 2019 Loki, or you know, in our timeline, not the MCU timeline. But right. you yeah. know, at the same time, not discounting all the character work that had been done you know on him at the same point like so you know that was one of the big things i was worried about with the shows like okay you know they they sort of did all this interesting character work and like how do you not necessarily backtrack from that but you know in the sense sort of do a branch off you know as the the tva would explain yeah. you know like a divergence yeah. or whatever but um I think they did a pretty nice job of that. And I think that especially, you know, going back to the emotional moments and kind of the stuff later on that really hooked me. um, I think Mm -hmm. it was really smart because it doesn't again, it doesn't discount everything that's happened before. But, you know, it's also, again, a kind of a twist on the Loki that we know, you know, with him being sort of a variant or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think it was smart to show him all the most important like moments from like the future timeline Mm -hmm. that hadn't happened yet. Right. Yeah. Kind of like get catch him up to speed on his own <laughs> character mm-hmm. development yep. so we don't have to necessarily it's, go through it all again right it's like oh my mom ingenious. dies my dad dies i die <laughs> yeah oh, shit. Yeah. Like, yeah yeah and it's i think it'll be an uh, interesting to see what he does with that knowledge mm. as well you know because obviously he For hasn't sure. lived it so he doesn't have he won't be a hundred percent caught up but mm-hmm. having them yeah. that in his mind like weighing on him as he makes these decisions moving forward yeah, yeah. Totally, and I don't know totally. if you noticed, the role of his life doesn't end when Thanos, like, breaks his neck. It ends when, like, Thor comes over and, like, hugs him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it, so, like, the whole thing is, yeah. like, showing his life and then the tape rolls out at the end. But the yeah. last thing is, like, Thor coming over, not, like, when he dies. And I'm like, ah, yeah. god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Touching, um, pulling on the heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, the writing in this series is really solid, too. Um, just really smart you know, writing in terms of not only establishing the TVA and the timeline and kind of all that exposition kind of stuff, but just the banter between, especially like, you know, Morbius and, and Loki, like that stuff is really I'm sorry, good. who? More Mobius, sorry. Jared Leto? Yeah, I didn't mean Morbius, my bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The multiverse um, has already begun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then he the movie it. that we'll never see. <laughs> what about if Owen Jesus Wilson Christ. played Morbius? I feel like that would be more interesting than Jared Leto. Uh, yeah, be, no, that would be so bad. I, I'm not <laughs> wow. saying it would be good. I'm just saying it would be I more mean, interesting. It's also gonna be bad with Jared Leto, though. Yeah, exactly. I'm a cursed. I'm a cursed living vampire. Wow. <laughs> but that's the thing is like Jared Leto, and this is totally a tangent. But Jared Leto in that movie is like the most boring casting choice you could think of. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least in my opinion. So at least with someone like Owen Wilson, you'd have something different. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Unfortunately, the movie has already been made. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I just think the writing's really good. The direction is is. I I I don't love the direction so far, but I also don't hate it. Like it's it's competent. <laughs> but what I was really impressed by actually was the production design. Um, oh, just yeah. kind oh, of yeah. this like retro, like sci-fi futuristic kind of vibe to it you know what i mean it's, yeah it's quite it's hard to put your finger on it but i just think it's like so timeless 
Exactly. And it's exactly. just so different and so interesting. You know what I mean? Like what they did. And I I mean, you can tell they used a lot of practical locations. Um, mm-hmm. I know one of them is like the Marriott or something like that in, oh, uh, yeah. in Georgia. In Atlanta. With, yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, um, I just think it's really clever use of all of all these locations and, and just the way they, again, like you said, kind of timeless, which is actually perfect yeah. when you're dealing with the TVA. Dealing you know what I mean? Time, so. Yeah. It just feels really, you know, appropriate in that respect. And uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed the, the the production design so far, which is usually yeah. not the case with the MCU. Like, you know, <laughs> as much as I like the movies, like the cinematography and the, the production di- design aren't usually things that like sort of stick out to you. Like they're meant to be, mm. you know, not too crazy in that regard. But uh, but yeah, I think they're getting a little more bold um, with those things recently. I have to find the article, but I was talking to a friend of mine about it. um, And I guess an article came out talking about the costumes um, and just like the little touches of, like you were saying, making it kind of both retro and futuristic and timeless. Where like, if you look at Owen Wilson's suit, apparently, like it looks very retro, Mm -hmm. but the lapels are actually sunken in. And it's the rest of the jacket that's layered up instead of, you know, vice versa. Normally the lapels lay on top. Mm -hmm. So they're just they're playing with like perspectives as well Mm -hmm. to make it like a familiar thing, but slightly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I think that just the I love the design of the TVA outfits. I love um, Mm -hmm. also this. The simplicity of like the time doors, like that's something that could have been like super, super complicated. And they're just like, what is the most simple, effective thing? You know what I mean? And yeah. so yeah. just little decisions like that, that I, that I very much appreciated. Um, yeah, I mean, like in terms of the episode itself, I also really loved um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Gugu Mbatha-Ra, I believe is how you pronounce it, as uh, as Renslayer, like Owen Wilson's oh, yeah. Mo- Mobius is like boss, but she's also his friend, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. definitely another trope mm-hmm. that's like from, you know, sort of those procedural movies yeah. and TV shows like that. But nevertheless, um, you know, I still I pretty much love everything she's in, but it's really cool to actually see her in the MCU kind of doing her thing. So. I yeah, I don't that. know if there's anything else in the episode you guys want to talk about, really, but like it you know the the whole thing is they kind of recruit loki for a mission for the tva because there's a you know spoiler there's another loki out there mm-hmm. uh beating up time cops and stealing these little like time resetters mm-hmm. that are pretty cool they yeah, they're like turn um... back they can like d- delete a timeline and bring it back to a certain point yeah um and i think i was telling you guys this even when i th- i think even when things are super obvious like the payoffs are still good right like yeah. they were kind of mm-hmm. hiding the Loki variant in the in like the hood the whole time, and I was like, it's because it's fucking Lady Loki. Like it's so yeah. fucking obvious. I mean, you can um, tell just by the figure, by the silhouette, that it's like not a, a dude. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's, yeah you yeah. know, it's definitely telegraphed in that regard. But I still think it's um, especially in the second episode, the way they kind of go through the reveal of it is is pretty fun. Yeah, but so that's the end of the episode is they're like, we got to find a you. And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we should definitely also, before we jump to the second episode, talk about the Infinity Stones for a second because. Oh yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're just a drawer full of Infinity Stones. You know, no big deal. Just chilling. Uh, yeah. Use yeah. them as paperweights, you know, mm-hmm. like you do. Yeah, I love it. He's like trying to use the tesser. Oh, my favorite thing. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, that's that's the Tesseract. It's the coolest. It's the, it's the most powerful thing in the universe. And then he like walks away and you hear the guy go, sounds kind of dumb. And it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God, that is fucking yep. hilarious. Definitely. Yeah, and, yeah they're and just using Infinity Stones as paperweights at the TVA, dude. They don't seriously. Mean shit. Well, the funny part to me, too, is like all the memes that went around when they showed like, you know, all the events of like Infinity War and Endgame happening and like, you know, the TVA just kind of watching it like a Sunday morning, you know, Sunday afternoon football game or something like <laughs> yeah. just passively just checking out and see what happens. But yeah, moving on to episode two, they kind of jump right into this whole like, what would I do if I was me? Because I am me kind of thing. We're like <laughs> they they're like hunting a, you know, the Loki variant. Um, the Loki variant had attacked some of the TVA members to go to the site of it, which was like a Ren fair. Okay, yeah. Can we just mm-hmm. talk about how they were, were able to work in a Renaissance fair into this uh, into the MCU? <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a good joke when they come in with their costume, with like, well, with their like uniform on, and the ladies yeah. like. Hey, some people need this, and it's just yeah. totally, oh, totally. Well, it's, even the joke, like I saw it as a joke, the joke where it's like. Oh, it's like you're going to be in like medieval Europe or something like that. And then it's all 1985. And you're like, oh, you're at a Ren Fair. Okay, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, though, like the uh, Michael Waldron, the guy who um, at least wrote the first episode, he's a Rick and Morty writer. So that kind of makes sense in terms of, you know, all the time travel stuff and and all the kind of kind of jokes around that, too. You know what I mean? So. That's a good, yeah, wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah, yeah that makes kind of makes a lot more sense now, honestly. Yeah, he's the guy who I don't know if you've seen Rick and Morty at all, Lauren, but he uh he's the guy who wrote the, the man on the, the toilet episode. The old man in the mm. toilet. It's uh it's a brilliant episode of television. But yeah, I uh I really enjoyed the whole Renfair thing. Like it's just kind of the MCU having fun, which it seems like they're gonna have a, a lot of fun with kind of all the various locations they go to um in the series. Yeah. Yeah, I think the big plot line of this episode is like him deducing how to catch himself, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, story that they sift through. You know, there's like paperwork, he's got to read files with Mobius and all this stuff. Um, but I really like the conclusion that they get to is that if you do something in a timeline that's already going to end, then it doesn't matter because yeah. there's an apocalypse, right? Yeah. So they come to the they or he comes to the conclusion that himself is hiding in apocalypse situations so he can scheme and plan and do whatever he wants and it doesn't change the timeline so they never know he was there. Mm-hmm. Um again, back to like the Rick and Morty writer. Smart, smart fucking mm-hmm. like time travel writing you know yeah, what i mean totally yeah I, really. I, I don't think we've ever even really seen anything like that in time travel so it's definitely a, i don't a, think a so. fresh perspective that's for sure yeah yeah they go to pompeii and they like test it that right? that was kind of <laughs> one of my favorite sequences where where mobius is like dude like don't like we'll do something small like yeah i don't remember what he suggests but it's he like said, the, can you do a bird call yeah yeah, yeah. Like, we'll call. start small and work our way up and then Loki's just like fuck it, you know, and he just goes out there. It's it's classic, uh, and classic he speaks Loki. Like Latin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He speaks Latin to tell them that they're all gonna die, yeah, which is yeah. hilarious because it's like, of course, Loki would speak a dead language. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it was kind of fun, and then you know, also just the whole jumping back a little bit too. The whole 
uh, sequence at the Ren Fair when they're in the tent and like he's it's definitely playing on that whole of idea of like you can never quite like even the audience like doesn't quite know like what Loki's true intent is you know what I mean and yeah. then yeah and then he, Owen Wilson just looks at him at one point he's like you're lying and you see his face <laughs> <Yeah>. like <sighs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, calls him out. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it's really funny because, you know, we've obviously seen that before, um, at least in terms of like the Loki scheming. But someone who's mm-hmm. actually able to call it as bullshit, like e- even more so than Thor to a certain respect, you know, um, yeah. it's just it's it's really refreshing because it's, again, playing on those expectations. But it's also still leaves that lingering question of, well, is he actually trying to help these guys or does he still have those ulterior motives, even if he you know, becomes close, you know, with the the TVA people and all that stuff. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I also think the dynamic going back to the dynamic between Mobius and Loki, like you said, how Mobius is able to see through Loki, but at the same time, I feel like he uses some of Loki's tactics against him, which is kind of fun no, to see yeah. like that that elevator sequence where he's like, you know, am I trying to help the little lost boy or am I like leading you on or whatever? I can't remember exactly what it is, yeah, but yeah. you know, he's like two sides of the coin, which one is it? You'll never know, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely. So. Yeah. Wow. You sound really smart when you say that I am smart. I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just like the yeah. little, the little jabs are so good. I love yeah. Mobius's, um, affinity to jet skis oh it's so just good like such a random joke but he's like in the 90s yeah perfect fusion <laughs> of functionality <laughs> and fun yeah it's like what totally the fuck? totally and well and it's funny too speaking <laughs> of time the way that i this... can't wait until we go ahead Lauren. i was gonna say i can't wait till we get the owen wilson jet seat jet ski sequence Dude, oh, it's gonna happen. If for that's sure. like a, yeah. a post credit scene or even like a cameo in a in a future movie, that would be incredible. There's just yeah. Owen Wilson in the background, like enjoying a jet ski during some random. I scene. just, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a a montage of Loki taking him Mobius to do all the things that he wants to do in yeah. Apocalypse. <laughs> it's like classic, uh, classic buddy cop romance going on, bromance. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I love too, is just kind of, uh, the, it's speaking of time, you know what I mean? Kind of the way that, um, the show doesn't necessarily like put a, at least yet put a finger on like sort of when all the quote unquote current day stuff is happening. You know what I mean? And the TVA stuff, basically they do mention that the time moves differently. So it's like, okay, that's interesting. But like, how does that sort of affect the difference in time compared to real time, if you will, you know what I mean? So yeah. mm-hmm. it becomes one of those things of like, okay, this is, this is interesting. And I don't know if they're necessarily going to reveal that information. Um, but I think it just adds a little bit of intrigue in terms of like, Kind of like we're talking about the timelessness of like sort of mm-hmm. everything with the TVA, which is of course appropriate. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were just out of time in entirely, right? Like removed mm-hmm. from, yeah, any sort of like 
human clock or whatever. Yeah, like a, any kind yeah. of conception like, of time and totally. It's like a right, pocket exactly. of space. Mm-hmm. Time is the construct, man. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. And the timekeepers, too. I'm very curious to see, like, how they're going to play that out. Obviously, that's probably something that's going to be more of a background thing. But just the whole idea of Loki, like, trying to seek an audience with the timekeepers and him talking about how he's going to take over and all this stuff. It's like, okay, you know, um, it adds a little bit of intrigue to everything. So I have a theory that the timekeepers are either not real or they've been killed. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're alive. You don't think yeah. so? No. Okay. I they're they're being too kind of like wishy washy. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say, but I don't know if that's the right word for it. They're they're being too like uh, I, I guess like deceitful is not ambiguous. Quite, right. Yeah. Like I I feel like, like we just keep seeing the statues. You know, like Yeah. Oh, well, the oh, those giant so th- statues. The Miss Minutes video where they explain like what the multiverse and who the timekeepers are at the very end mm-hmm. at the bottom it says like paid for by the like like national committee of like time or whatever like it's yeah. it's clearly I don't remember exactly what it says but it's clearly like propaganda mm-hmm. right it's not like yeah. it's not like a real explanation it's like we paid to make this video happen and it's yeah. like okay so I think maybe like the timekeepers are either already dead or like they never existed in the first place and they're just being used in this like propaganda to like yeah. enforce uh like authority over the multiverse right like yeah. I, f- I feel like yeah i don't want to call mm-hmm. them, like time time fascists but you know um <laughs> i mean it's a pretty kind, it's kind of what they would be like, in that situation yeah, definitely and yeah. and that would make sense too in terms of like this is obviously this show is obviously laying a ton of like the foundations for Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. based on what that title would imply, like the multiverse kind of probably has to go into chaos at some point, which you know could be in this show, could be in maybe something a little bit further down the road. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, and and you know, more more importantly though, I love the way that just jumping back to Loki stuff is the character of Loki. Um, is the way it's still kind of like. Loki is a character that, that has never really had, like, a true identity. Like, we've probably seen glimpses of, like, the real Loki at certain mm-hmm. points. But yeah. I love the way that this show sort of grapples with identity, especially in terms of all the variants and, like, what he's trying to go to go through in terms of his emotional journey and all that stuff so far. So I just love that sort of theme as an exploration for the character. So um, I just wanted to give that shout-out as well. I yeah. like to think the real Loki is... Uh... Matt Damon in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> it might be. You never know. <laughs> um, I jumping. I guess fucking jumping back to episode one, honestly, because I forgot to mention this. I liked in the explanations of like what the multiverse is and what time is. They do mention like Nexus events, and we know mm-hmm. that like Scarlet Witch is a Nexus being. Um, just another cute little tie-in that's gonna definitely, hundred percent, absolutely pay off in the Multiverse of Madness. I think. Um, it's really cool to see them kind of like we know they're good at those breadcrumbs but like just to mm-hmm. see them they just there's nobody nobody does it like them it's in it's insane yeah. um yeah so they find i don't know how they find the exact apocalypse oh the kablooey gum 
right? So they found yeah, yeah, yeah. this Loki yeah. variant had left some gum behind and Mobius was like, this gum only existed in the future, which I think is the first time we've ever gone to the future in the MCU. Like, I believe so. On Earth. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like yeah. 2050, right? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like 2050, yeah. I think, yep. which is cool to see the future. Well, um, but, but they, also also kind of fucked up because they talk about like the climate disaster of like, you know, 2049 <laughs> and like it's like, oh yeah, we're yeah. totally fucked. Like they got that. Yeah, there's like a hurricane in Alabama, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say they drop like a bunch of different ones, mm-hmm. a bunch of yeah. different apocalypses and yeah. they're all not the one that we're looking for. Yeah, right. And yeah. so well that's the funny thing is because it's like in the span of 30 years like so much shit is going to happen in the MCU, but mm-hmm. also like knowing that all this other crap is going to happen afterwards too. It's kind of interesting. So Yeah. Like a hurricane in Alabama. Mhm. Yep. And also the rocks cart sort of yes. reference and presence here you, too, you know. You definitely you definitely called it out right taylor uh that is a reference to rocks on mm-hmm. um and i guess they just create like i guess in the future they are kind of like a super like if amazon just kept going right like we built a whole city store live work and fucking pl- shop you know it's like <laughs> yeah. it kind of seemed like it was all of that in one little area but i guess that's where these like citizens are hiding out from the storm right this this Mm. category 10 uh hurricane they said Mm -hmm. which i'm pretty sure hurricanes only go up to five oh no i I think they said category eight but hurricanes only go up to like category five right so like which would imply that they've gotten worse hurricanes in category five in the past yeah which is great exactly (laughs) yeah oh yeah can't can't wait for those fucking category eight hurricanes yeah absolutely you know obviously from the rocks on reference like aside from being you know having the spider-man connection as well you know with new york city and all that stuff which hey you know we might see some of that um even in fantastic four some of that you know future. like we're gonna see the beginning threads of that for sure um but the, the thing that cracked me up is it's basically like a costco and an ikea like mixed into one with like weird yeah. new stuff that we haven't seen because it's in the future but <laughs> just the fact that it's like as much as things change they stay the same is just kind of like very uh very dark joke in a lot of ways oh it's great oh well, and yeah. like talking about like d- d- dude the dark humor in this episode is great there's like so they're there to find the like the Loki variant, right? And I like that they come across the dude like shopping for plants, and they're like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "It's a hurricane sale." As if that's just like, <laughs> like as if that's just a common thing that they have to do. Well, yeah, during exactly. Their it's o- like, yeah. like no matter what, consumerism continues. The azaleas you know? are half off. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty funny, and it's like, dude, don't you know you're about to die? Like, <laughs> um, but it does turn out that that man is being possessed by the Loki variant, mm-hmm. um, which I love. This is a really Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I love the way that they sort of implement this, kind of like I mentioned earlier. It's yeah, awesome. it's kind of like the Scarlet Witch, uh, like mind control thing she does to like Tony and shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like she, this Loki just seems to be able to transfer consciousness between people, um, mm-hmm. which I think is a really fun uh, sequence in the show when he's trying to like discover who it is or like what it is and he's going through these different like civilians and like having these conversations then he has to like fight with the biker dude uh, which I, he displayed some telekinesis in that fight he like puts his hand out and like summons the Roomba and like I think I don't know if we knew Loki had that power up until mm. now mm-hmm. um, exactly pretty cool though yeah um, exactly 
good fight choreography. I love when he, when Owen Wilson was trying to talk about like duplication and, uh, uh loki's like actually it's projection like duplication is this and they're like yeah fucking magic mumbo jumbo dude. right like, like he gives him <laughs> he gives him like a like a fucking college 101 a course breakdown. on magic projection you know yeah yeah so funny um speaking say, of i was gonna say speaking of fight choreography just quick shout out to uh hawk waltz who's the like the big bald dude that was hawkeye possessed by uh <laughs> by yeah. loki at one point um fellow universal team nice. member oh, no shit. one go. of the water world stuntmen hey nice. that's awesome yeah, yeah he was really dope good as fuck. super good exciting him, yeah that's awesome yeah that's a badass role dude seriously yeah yeah uh, I... so i mean the end of this episode kind of unravels really fucking fairly quickly we find mm-hmm. out that the plan is that um well okay i guess it's revealed that it's lady loki Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it earlier. Who cares? It's Lady Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, surprise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> her plan is she's been stealing all these time resetters. And in the end of the episode, she drops them all through different portals at the same time to locations all around mm-hmm. the universe. Um, why? We don't we don't know. Um, but she escapes through a portal and Owen Wilson sees Loki looking at the portal, and he's like, don't you do it, motherfucker. And he does it. He mm-hmm. follows her through the portal. And then he does, which it. I, then he does it. Which I think <laughs> is where we're going to get some of the trailer footage of, like, him on, like, Vormir, I think, with, like, Black Widow. You know how we kind of saw that on the trailer? I'm like, is that is that Black Widow on Vormir? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think we're going to kind of see where she dropped those those bombs mm-hmm. like we'll just call them the time bombs mm-hmm. i think we might get to see him like travel to, to those, those locations places. yeah yeah I, I don't know if to be able to i don't know if he would be able to stop it but you know to just kind of like give us a glimpse of what the fuck's happening yeah um but a pretty early on trope in the show is the branch from the timeline well, once it gets to red line then you can't reverse it, right? Or like something mm-hmm. bad happens. Mm-hmm. Um, something really bad happens, I guess, and they haven't really quite told us what yet. Um, but when she drops all these time bombs, the timeline splits into like fucking like 20 of them at the same time, <laughs> all going pretty rapidly towards the red line as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to give props to the show. Like I, I, I really enjoyed how they just, the first episode, straight into talking about the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like fucking, yeah. here's, here's, here's what it is. It exists it exists motherfuckers mm-hmm. um and then at the end of episode two there's four episodes left and they're just like shit's fucked and you're like yeah. what already <laughs> yeah it's good storytelling man stunning surprise number yeah. one coming in right on time Going balls to the wall yeah it's a good first act break you know <clears throat> yeah yeah so um, i i'm for one cannot i mean it's i that was another thing about the first episode that like halfway through it I was so invested, and then I was like, "Oh, this isn't a movie. I'm not gonna find out how it ends right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I have to wait um six more weeks. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, right, and well, also freaking uh, just the fact that they're dropping it on Wednesdays now is is kind of interesting. And I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. heard all they decided all the shows in the future yeah. Disney Plus are gonna yeah. be Wednesday release now. So. 
guess that's yeah, kind yeah. of a smart thing to do in order to give people like a little bit in terms of it's buzz, you know, like help build the buzz of each episode a little bit more, especially heading into the weekend. But it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Um, what One of the things, jumping back to Lady Loki, um, that I loved is kind of how they play on like sort of, I don't even want to call it an androgyny of the character, but it's like Loki is 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 very much like in that kind of middle ground. Like I know there's a particular term for it and I can't remember what it is. But just kind of the play, the way they play with gender with the character I in this thought, series. There's a certain term I thought, for it. Um, they were saying that Loki is, yeah, non-binary. It, it's yeah, I, I, it's not that, but I, it, it's good enough for these purposes. I'm trying to I mean, find it. Right his, now. I, but I believe they, I believe they said that. Yeah. In his file in episode one, if you like pause it, it says like gender, and it says fluid. That's yeah, right. Gender fluidity. Gender fluid, that's yeah. that's that's the word I was looking for. Totally. And like the way they yeah. kind of play into the gender fluidity with not only the female Loki, but like Tom Hiddleston's version of the character too. Um, yeah. you know, jumping back. Uh, yeah, also. I mean, all along he kind of has been. I mean, like, yeah. freaking look at my hair right now. It's basically yep. Loki's hair. Exactly. So. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Yeah. And unintentionally, and but you know, absolutely. And can I go think, either way. I think that's a big theme in this episode in particular but probably the show in general too in terms of mm-hmm. like especially with the visual personification of like female loki literally going through different males and it's still kind of the same person and you still see shades of hiddleston's loki in there but it's also yeah. you know obviously a different interpretation of the character and i feel like for me this you know Let's put it this way. I think there might be a good chance in the future that like Hiddleston's Loki kind of becomes gets put on the back burner and like Lady mm-hmm. Loki becomes the Loki of the MCU for a time. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be surprised. Well, by that it's at all. cool because like I- I'll be interested to see aside from the quote unquote like possession that we saw in episode two. Yeah. We've known that Loki is a shapeshifter, but we've never really seen Loki shapeshift before mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know and thor it, has all these anecdotes of him turning into a snake and snake. you know whatever yeah. uh, it's me ah! yeah uh, <laughs> still one of the funniest things that mc yeah seen. Oh, the best but we've never actually seen that so i'm one i wonder if now that they're like fully leaning into the gender fluidity and the different human forms if we'll also see any other kind of yeah. forms of loki De- definitely I would, I would hope so. In regards yeah. to Lady Loki, there is some controversy, not controversy, but like the international credits have her listed as Sylvie is her mm. character name, which if you look into that Marvel wise, that's the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah. But they do, but they do identify her as a Loki variant, right? So it's like, yeah, she's got like the horn, you know, it's like she's mm-hmm. clearly Lady Loki, but like Sylvie, like, are they yeah. trying to like, mash two characters together maybe marvel likes to do that from time to time yeah mm-hmm. that would probably uh, make, be the make lady loki enchantress maybe yeah or take um, the characteristics characteristics of enchantress and kind of merge it with yeah. the character of lady loki so, i mean yeah given how um suicide squad's enchantress went they Blech. might want to distance themselves from that name even though it's a different character yeah. you know yeah. what do you mean cara delavine was amazing in that role <laughs> um yeah. i got a list here of all the places she bombed um 
One of them is Niflheim, which is, I guess, where Hela was like sent to prison or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be mm-hmm. bad if like she escapes uh, through yeah. a, a time reset. Um, nowhere, that severed head of the Celestial from mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. So maybe they reset that to before it was beheaded. Who knows? Um, like I said, Von Vormir. Um, Asgard, but seven years before the uh, first Thor movie. I found that fairly interesting. Um, I'm sure they have a reason why it was that time frame, right? But mm-hmm. we don't know the I answer to that yet. I wonder if she's trying to destroy the Avengers. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, though there are some random locations like Sakaar, um, the trash planet from Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she straight up just bombs Ego, the living planet. She's like, see, dude. <laughs> oh, like, really? <laughs> I didn't see that one. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But, that's what, right, but like, bye. again, those are all. I'm, I'm going to pull a Joel Reeves and go down theory rabbit hole right now. Like, if it. she bombs Ego, then Peter Quill doesn't exist. True. Mm-hmm. Very then true. Then Guardians don't exist, you know? Yeah. yeah, and if you if you bomb before the events of the first Thor movie, then none of that stuff happens, and therefore exactly yeah, shield no shield exactly. presence anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, she bombs Titan as well, which we know Thanos is from. Oh yeah. Um. So maybe not just Avengers, but all like powerful. Maybe anyone she's... going after the Infinity Stones. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that, or maybe anyone who is involved with the snap. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. she's trying to reverse that course of history or something. So. Maybe, yeah. I mean, she bombs Xandar as well. We don't, we haven't seen much about the Nova Corps uh, yet, but that, you know, we know they're a formidable force in the universe. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. bombing them would make sense. Yeah. She bombs Jotunheim, which is the frost giant uh, planet where Loki's actually from, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is a big mm-hmm. one. And then just a bunch of random Earth locations throughout time, like Rome, Italy in the 1300s, fucking. Madrid, you know what? Spain in the 1900s. I wouldn't be know. surprised if those were also references to Eternals because we're going to see a lot of different maybe yeah, yeah. time periods Absolutely. in that movie as well. So yeah, you know that yeah. kind of may uh, play into it. Yeah, and Eric Voss over at New Rock Stars does a really good breakdown on all these locations and kind of has like a theory as to like what important events are taking place during all these time periods. Uh, so if you mm. want to go check that out, Hell totally yeah. do. I did not go into it as uh, thoroughly as he did. Um, but I found it to be a fun video. Yeah, definitely. New but Rockstar yeah. stuff is pretty good. Oh, it's always great. C- considering there's a lot of trash out there on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I really think the last thing of this episode, like you said, it r- wraps up fairly quickly, but the last thing is, like, the fact that Loki actually goes through the door, right? So it's, he leaves. Yeah. Again, playing into this idea of like, will he, won't he, is he good, is he bad, you know, and we've definitely seen this from Loki before. So my prediction is that, you know, the show is going to make you think that he's only out for himself. And then, of course, he's going to be redeemed and like help the TVA yeah. in some way and stop Right. Him. Yeah. The yeah. They make it seem like Loki. he's like, fuck you, TVA, and he yeah. ditches it out. But I really think he's. I think at this point, especially meeting Lady Loki, he's very interested in like catching her, right? Like he yeah. followed her because he was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you might be, you might be better than me. I can't yeah. let you exist." Also, also, can we just talk about how they how they play <laughs> on like, oh, this is a superior version of Loki, and of course, like it's it's the female version of Loki. Like I think that's yeah. just really smart yeah. the way they did that, and like also as a way to drive him, like right, because like Loki is always looking to be in control, like he wants to be. The guy who is in control, like if you look at any of his motivations throughout the movie, like that's yeah. kind of what it boils down to, right? 
And so I think that the way they introduce that idea, like using as a, a conduit to drive his, you know, to have his character move forward in terms of the character and all that stuff. Yeah, his ego especially. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of funny because it's like, of course, he's not okay with being like one of, like he has to be the best Loki, you know, the most cunning Loki. <laughs> like it's just so perfect. Yeah. Um, he he's He's definitely perturbed by the idea that someone out there is smarter than he is. Mm-hmm. Course. Lady Loki might be one of them. Maybe even Mobius is one of them, and he doesn't like <laughs> either of those things. Yeah, right. Um, my curi- my curiosity is like, okay, are we going to see more of the Loki variants? Or are we just going to get hinted at? Because oh, I fucking hope so. I hope yeah. so too. Because the thing is, is unlike at least for now, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this has already been picked up for season two. Like season two is already in development, so we know for that. Loki? Oh, yeah, wow. following following the kind of procedural mentality, which is perfect for a show like that. this, is that you know yeah. it will continue. So it's really a matter yeah. of like what we're going to see Could it be now like after Multiverse of Madness. Then like mm-hmm. cleaning everything up. Yep, yep. And and yeah, they probably. said they said that for a while, like for years, Feige's been trying to get the TVA involved into the MCU somehow. So it's like yeah, now they're just gonna they're gonna go ham, you know, with that well, sort of as the resource. And I think it is like you were saying because it is a procedural. Like, it can keep going Mm -hmm. because he can just, like, this variant can just stay Mm -hmm. teamed up with Mobius and, like, you know, not like a a Men in Black type situation Mm -hmm. almost. Absolutely. And, and, well, yeah, especially with the sci-fi reference and even more so than that, like, the show can keep continuing without Tom Hiddleston because you have all these different variants. So, like... You know, season yeah, exactly. two could potentially be Lakey Loki. Uh, God, that came out weird. Lady Loki <laughs> as the lead, you know, and then in the third yeah. season, we might have a different Loki, you know. It so, might be a child. Like, yeah, yeah. there exactly. is there so is a really big theory outset there. Um, so we know we're getting young Avengers, right? Obviously, we've mm-hmm. got fucking Wicked and Speed and fucking Kate Bishop and fucking mm-hmm. Patriot, even though he wasn't shown to be Patriot in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. We've got all these kids. Um there's a very there is a very important storyline in a comic book called Fear Itself, um, where uh, Loki it's either Loki dies, something happens to Loki, and he like finds kid Loki and is like, yo, like the only reason we died is because we did what everybody expected us to do, and like you can be better. And like hmm. then kid Loki becomes like I don't yeah. know, like an antihero or whatever the fuck. Definitely. Um, but so Kid Loki is definitely a possibility, especially with Young Avengers mm-hmm. looming. Yeah. Absolutely. Who knows? Um, um, yeah, there's no way to know but to fucking keep watching and find out. And we're going fucking balls to the wall from here on out, I think. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna slow down. No. Yeah, I don't think definitely so. Definitely not. And and what I really love about this series so far is like everything that was shown in the trailer basically already happened. So it's like kind of this fun like mystery box of like, okay, what where where is this series gonna go next? Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of interesting directions and to take a hint out of the show, a lot of different branching paths, you know, diverging paths that you could sort of go down. Um yeah. and I think one of uh, hold on, I'm trying to find it. Yeah, one of my big questions is: so we've seen politician Loki in the trailer, right? In that in that first trailer, my biggest yeah. question is like: is he a variant or is he the Loki that we know? You know what I mean? So that's yeah. a big mystery. He, like, like come across himself as politician, Loki. right? Seriously, and, and or is from, he yeah. posing? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, and doing his Loki thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the the other thing I didn't know too, and I read this today. It's this is the highest, uh, the 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 most watched that. series premiere of any Disney Plus show that's been released so far. That's Mandalorian, all the stuff. So like, I mean, people I are definitely into new one. I feel like each new one they release, it's just going to be the next highest. Well, yes, right. But you know, in terms mm, of like maybe. all the all the all the Marvel shows that I expected to be like this popular, Loki was definitely not one of them. But it oh, also no. makes sense because audience are audiences are very familiar with the character, and he's one of those. Even yeah. if you're not a hardcore MCU fan, you say Loki, and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. it has a lot more marketing potential than maybe even I gave it credit for. I mean, I feel like based on the three series that we now have, like I would say definitely this was the most accessible mm-hmm. for everyone because yeah. we know the most about Loki going into it compared well, yeah. to definitely. Wanda or Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And even even more so than that, just the structure of the show, like again, being a procedural, like people are yeah. very familiar with that format, even if they don't know quite what it is or, you know, the terminology yeah. or whatever for it, they could be like, oh yeah, that's like a... a a cop show that's like 48 hours or men in black or like you like any of yeah. those you know kind of yeah. things so dude now i just want a loki men in black crossover that would be dope with 21 jump street yeah i mean they already freaking had tessa thompson and uh, chris hemsworth True. in it oh, so yeah. I'm kind they of, were Thor and Valkyrie all along. I'm kind of sad that we got Men in Black International instead of getting the 21 Jump Street Men in Black crossover. I know. Like, that's like one of cinema's greatest tragedies, in my opinion. Yeah, I was so excited for that Especially because it would have been Lord and Miller, and it's like, holy shit, what those guys could have done with that would have been incredible. Yeah. Um, well, guys, we're going to try a new format. Yeah. Um, we talked hmm. about Loki 1 and 2. Shit's going cray. We'll talk about the next two episodes and how shit gets even more fucked up. Mm-hmm. We're going all uh, over our own timeline now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we're, we usually start with what we've been watching. We're going to push it towards the end of the episode this time. See, I don't know. We just like to play around with things. Yeah. Like Lauren said, we're just, you know, we're sticking with the TVA theme. We're just, you know, time's a construct, man. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we did record this first. <laughs> yeah. You don't fucking know. Or Surprise. if you're crazy, you could listen to what we've been watching first and then backtrack. Whoa, the you could. If but you don't. If you wanted to you'd do already that. be here. You'd already be here and, and having heard all of <laughs> this. Maybe not. Maybe they fast forward because they're looking for what we've been watching first and they're very confused yeah. until they go through and try right. and then they, you know. They're like, like oh, yeah, usually the main topic starts about 30 minutes in and they're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, we watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but speaking of cinema's greatest tragedies, uh, Taylor and I watched, watched Army of the Dead. Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> um, it is bad. Mm-hmm. It's. <laughs> No one is surprised that this is my review of the movie, but I look, if there's anything you know about me and Zack Snyder is that I like Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. That's one of the ones I'm going to I give him I give him credit yeah, for. Of course. So I was like, okay, zombie movie, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Maybe. Right? Smart zombies, I'm immediately out. I was like, you're a fucking hack. Like <laughs> it's so bad. First of all, <laughs> like his name is on the poster fucking three out of five times mm-hmm. like he wrote it he directed it he's the cinematographer which you can fucking tell because every shot's out of fucking focus it looks horrible well it's an uh, aesthetic choice joel yeah sure <laughs> it's a terrible aesthetic <laughs> choice but it's a choice that's for sure yeah and it's just not 
like zombies i'm just like it's like they have like a hierarchy and there's like smart ones and dumb ones and there's like there's like premises that they tease but don't pay off on like oh these are the dehydrated zombies you should see what it's like when it rains and it's like okay so show us but they don't and it's just like there's a zombie tiger which like fuck off like i just (laughs) it is it's like if Zack snyder took dawn of the dead and was like what if i defiled this (laughs) really inappropriately and then made people watch it with their eyeballs Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what we got with Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. Uh, I pretty much agree with you. There's there's certain things I liked with about the movie, but overall, this thing is a fucking disaster, and it's not. A lot of it is not good in the slightest. Actually, it's it's really bad. Did you mention that he was also the screenwriter on this too, Joel? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's screenwriter, it. director, producer, and cinematographer. Look, Dawn of the Dead was good because James Gunn wrote the movie. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing people forget. They're like, oh, you know, this is Snyder's best movie. And it, I mean, it is. But it's not because <laughs> of Zack Snyder. I mean, yeah. okay, you could argue, argue argue, possibly it's because of Zack Snyder. Because at the end of the day, he cast it. And all that good stuff. And the casting in that movie is actually really great. Actually, overall, his casting's not bad. Like, again, I like Dave Bautista in this movie. I just think that, like, he's totally miscast. You know what I mean? Um, but with Dawn of the Dead, as you mentioned, it was James Gunn who was really the driving engine of why that movie was so good. Then you yes. go to something like Sucker Punch where it's the antithesis of that. Snyder's directing and he's writing and he's basically in full creative control. And that's the kind of movie you get. And I think I even mentioned it on one of our previous episodes about, you know, this Probably. is going to be closer to Sucker Punch than it is going to be mm-hmm. to something like Dawn of the Dead. And that's because Zack Snyder is writing it. And I feel pretty confident that that was an accurate prediction um <laughs> yep. you know not oh so like in a heist movie you usually have certain things that are expected right certain things that that make it a heist movie what i would mm-hmm. say is that it feels like Zack snyder had never watched a heist movie um <laughs> and 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 that's Got not him. to say that like obviously you don't want to be formulaic you want to you want to bring something new and interesting to it but just the way he structures he this as that. a heist movie is it just makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. And and part of the fun is the build up to the heist. And it's like that's none of that is is here, <laughs> right? And there's even certain things that happen where it's like, oh, you 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 cut from this to that, and there's a whole interesting story about the heist storyline that could have been done. You know, the thing with uh Joel, the thing with the zombies and the elevator and how they're trying to set yeah. off like that was really fun and interesting idea. It's just so fucking poorly executed, right? And then you talk about the cinematography, which basically Zack Snyder decided to shoot this on some like really old lenses that have a really crazy depth of field. So basically whenever he's shooting, he's framing up, all that's in focus is the actors. Everything else is out of focus, right? So it's it basically really just like the, he, it really looked like he smeared some Vaseline on the fucking. No, lens, dude. So these are old lenses that because I watched the making of, of course, on Netflix, and he talked about it. He was all proud of it. I just threw you like this thought of really interesting, cool looked, and it's like no, dude. Like it's poor guy. It's it's really not. You know what I mean? And <laughs> and yeah, I just think that the, you know that aesthetic choice alone is just really terrible. And then like Joel said too, you know the sort of lore and mythology like it's all over the place like you have fast zombies you have slow zombies you have the fucking dehydrated zombie. like you have all this stuff that's like introduced but never truly explored 
And mm-hmm. it just becomes very frustrating because it's like you're throwing a hundred different ideas at the wall and you're not really like none of them are really sticking. You know, you're just going from A to B to C and it's just not that interesting. And oh, yeah. And then like A to M to like P. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, it, 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 yeah. OK, let's 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 put it this way. One of the things that I think drove Zack Snyder to make this movie is like, what if zombies could love? You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. like well, that's one of the thing. Well, and it's like, hang on. He was like, what if zombies could fuck? Well, I mean, yes, I feel oh, like yeah, that's yeah, an yeah. extension of that. But still, yeah. like, you know, and it's like, no, we, we, we don't care about that. Like the the interesting thing about the zombie movies is how the zombies are a reflection of like whatever socio political economic thing that's happening at the time that it's made. Right. Like. Dawn yeah. of the Dead yeah. is is like very much an allegory for like race relations and like all the stuff that was happening when that ma- that movie came out, you know. And when you know, basically in a lot of ways, the humans are the zombies in in those movies, right? Where it's yeah. like the human race is like far more devious and deceptive than like you know the zombie horde itself. And in this mm-hmm. movie, like none of that is there. Like it's it's almost like Zack Snyder doesn't understand what makes a zombie movie a zombie movie on all levels Hmm. on all fronts you know what i mean and so that's it was very disheartening movie to watch although i would say there's some kind of fun stuff in it and i think tignataro is definitely one of the highlights um i don't know hard to tell that they replaced the Uh, entire performance is like (laughs) replacing chris d'elia yeah and you know yeah you know the entire movie yeah and you know why they were how they were able to do that joel is because of the depth of field so as much as i hate that aesthetic (laughs) choice the only reason why it works so well is because you can basically just blur you know everything out that's around because it's already fucking super blurry so there's I just also thought a that lot was of singles on, you know, it's, there's a lot of like single this way, mm-hmm. single that way, yeah. single this way. And it's like, yeah. nah, I know why you're, I know why you're doing that. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, anyway, so I'm going to say one nice thing about Zack Snyder and then we're never going to talk about it again. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted a picture of Batman going down on Catwoman. And I was like, you absolute fucking mad lad. <laughs> uh, how, how dare you gain my respect like this? <laughs> I, I saw that and I was like, God damn it. I find that hilarious. And I appreciate you, sir. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That, that's the only nice thing I'll ever say about him. Uh, All right, folks, funny. mark this day. It's going to be a moment in history of the podcast where Joel actually it said something w- nice about him. <laughs> Someone's going to fucking clip it out and use it against me forever. Yeah, right? Yep. Um, oh, I God. saw A Quiet Place Part 2 in theaters. Uh, look, it, it came out a little while ago, so I, I'm, I won't talk about it too much because y- y'all probably don't give a shit anymore. Um, I thought it was a perfect horror sequel um oh nice it's really hard to make a good horror sequel and i just think that they absolutely fucking nailed it killian murphy is fucking phenomenal in it um i even love the just the beginning shit where they bring john krasinski back for like the pre mm-hmm. uh monster verse Flash, flashback or whatever that opens yeah in the yeah, but I don't know. Like they really focus kind of on like the kids this time around because they're a little older. Um, and I, what I really loved was every scene had a purpose. Like there was no meandering. Like yeah. everything that they did in the movie, everything that they showed us furthered like the story. And mm-hmm. I was like, shit, dog. Like this was good. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, and then I saw Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Uh, Horrible movie. Really, really funny. <laughs> um, that's all I got to say about that. 
it, it, it was what you expected, a shitty sequel that made you laugh. Oh, and Morgan Freeman nice. plays Ryan Reynolds' dad. Oh, God, of course he does. <laughs> Jesus, that's great. Which is that's both funny. sad and hilarious. Definitely. What about you guys? That's really funny. Um, I guess I can go real quick just because I, I've been watching a lot of stuff, but I've actually been watching a lot of older stuff. Um, mm. So beyond Army of the Dead, there's not really too much uh, that I can remember, at least off the top of my head. Uh, so the one thing that I wanted to discuss really quickly was I had a chance to watch uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, which is a Disney nice. finally on Disney+. Plus. Nice. Uh, really, really love this movie. I mean, aside from it being absolutely gorgeous and the animation is just jaw-dropping, I kind of wish I would have seen this in a theater because I felt like it would have yeah. done the visuals more justice. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, Kelly Mitch... Ke- God, I can't fucking talk. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran is just pitch perfect. Um, I'm glad that even though it's an animated film, like she's starting to get more lead roles. And I know, you know, she dealt with a lot of bullshit from the Star Wars community for a long time. So mm-hmm. it's really cool just just seeing her grow and progress, you know, as, as an actor and as an artist. Sweet, sweet um, vengeance. At, seriously. And she's really great in the film, as well as Aquafina. Uh, I just nice. wanted to shout out Aquafina <laughs> because she is so freaking good as the dragon in this movie. And, and it like I can tell that them casting her uh actually like affected the animation in the way that the characters mm. portrayed like in the visuals and you could tell that like this she influenced this character in many ways in in many positive ways and i just have to say that that, that everything i've seen aquafina in i've just absolutely adored like she is yeah, so mu- multifaceted and multi-talented from the farewell to crazy rich asians and even uh what was the the first thing I saw, I can't, ah, God damn it, I can't remember. There's something else she was in that is, oh, Ocean's 8. She's really great in Ocean's oh, 8. Yeah. So, like, all these different facets of of her, you know, talent and personality coming through in this movie. And uh, the only thing I haven't seen of hers is Nora from Queens, which I've still been wanting to watch. But um, I've heard it's good. Oh, yeah. So, I, I really loved Ryan the Last Dragon. And then another one that just came to mind, I also had a chance to watch the, I think it's a Hulu film or maybe HBO Max. I can't remember. But a movie called Plan B. Um, and it's kind of like a like a teen pregnancy comedy, so mm. to speak. Yeah. Um, really, really good. It's actually I liked it a lot more than the other one that I watched recently, which was the um, oh gosh, it was another like Planned Parenthood where they had to go and like drive cross country and all that stuff. And I can't think. Juno. Of... No, it's um, it'll 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 come back to me. I can't Knocked remember up. what it's called. No, it's called Unpregnant. That's what it is. It's Unpregnant. <laughs> And so it's very similar to that, but <laughs> but this one was directed by Natalie Morales, and I just thought it was really great. Um, I, I really loved everything about it, and the chemistry between the two characters was great. Really freaking funny, really sharp sense of humor. Uh, you know, really modern in terms of its it, it, you know interpretation and exploration of like actual teenagers. You know that that mm-hmm. you know kind of the millennial generation, if you will, or the tail end of that. Um, and one of the things I really loved mostly about it was just how true and and genuine and kind of jumping up to that point, honest, you know, it was in this portrayal. And what's really interesting is it's basically built around this single idea. I don't know if you guys know this, but basically in like South, I think it's South Dakota or North Dakota, one of the two, uh, if you're under 18, then the pharmacist has the ability to deny you the plan B pill due to like religious or personal reasons. 
And so basically the whole movie is built around that concept and like kind of how fucked mm-hmm. up that concept is, but also like the, you know, crazy adventures that come as a real, uh, result. So uh, I would definitely recommend that if uh, if anybody who's listening hasn't seen it. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I have been watching a lot, but <laughs> I've narrowed it down to three quick things. Hmm. Um, the first, Avenue 5 on HBO Max. Have either of you watched this yet? No, I don't even think no. I've heard of that. So it's a new series um, starring Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad. <laughs> okay. And it takes place in the, in the future where uh, space cruise ships are a thing so luxury oh, space I've, I've travel is a thing yeah i have heard of this um and it's a comedy uh so hugh laurie back to his true form which is quite fun to see um it's great i definitely i i thought it was fun it's weird as all get out but i i really enjoyed it and there's a lot of funny gags in it um it's got a great cast uh and it's renewed for season two, so it, it'll be coming back, which is nice. exciting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's very, very quirky. Um, and I don't want to give away too much, but uh, they make use of the fact that Hugh Laurie can do both a British and American accent. So, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, nice and then another thing I watched, it's a it's a couple years old, but I want to talk about it because I feel like nobody saw this movie and everybody needs to see this movie. Um, it's called Charlie Says. Okay. It's the Charles Manson movie starring Matt Smith as Charles Manson. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, and it, you know. Three women that. Um, that we're in prison together after the fact of the murders and everything. Um, but it's got Hannah Murray from game of Thrones in it as well. Um, uh, Susie Bacon, Kevin Bacon's daughter, uh, and Marion Rendon as the three women. So like, it's a great, 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 great cast as well. And Chase Crawford (laughs) plays Tex, um, in it as well. But dude, Matt Smith, it is a shame that this movie came out when it did. Because it went completely under the radar because it came out like two months before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out. And then oh, no. Mindhunter season Hunter. with yeah. Charlie Manson came out two months after that. Mm-hmm. So nobody saw that's, this movie. Matt didn't get nominated for anything for it. And it's a brilliant performance. And it's honestly has more of this storyline of the Charles Manson murders than either of those two projects did. Um, and more Charles Manson screen time than the other projects did. So, um, I definitely recommend it. It's on Amazon. It is a, it is a difficult watch because of the subject matter. Um, but it's quite fascinating to see really how long it took for these women to, let go of everything that he got them to believe yeah yeah um and it, it's it like jumps time too so it goes back and forth between them being in prison and then them being with charlie yeah. um so definitely check that out and then last but not least i finally saw a movie in a theater again <laughs> and i saw yeah. i was gonna i was trying to hold out for black widow 
but I just really wanted to go back to the cinema. Um, so I saw Cruella. And I gotta say, I didn't hate it, guys. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. I went in uh, expecting it to not be good. And I don't know that I would say it was the best movie ever, but mm-hmm. I definitely had a really fun time uh, with it. It's Again, it's got a great cast. Um, and it took me on a ride. Like it, they threw some surprising stuff in there and some surprisingly dark stuff in there kind of from the get go that I was not expecting. Wow. Um, yeah. Is there a true origin story to why she hates Dalmatians? Yes, there is. Oh, oh yeah. And, shit. uh, I already, I saw someone shared the clip about like, basically sh- the clip of like what happens. And I was like, wow. Have you not seen it yet, Taylor? No, I haven't seen the film, but I saw that. Oh, I know, okay, I know okay. the backstory of like why Corella like hates Dalmatians. The way they yeah, yeah. the movie with the, um, yeah. I don't want to spoil it cause it's yeah. a major plot point to the movie, but, yeah. um, I've, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting where, you know, it doesn't make her fully redeemable as a villain, but you definitely yeah. see the reasoning behind it. And, um, you know, it's almost a, multiple personality um interesting and definitely set up for a sequel which they're in very 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 early talks for so i'll I'll be interested to see where that goes there's one one 101 dalmatians lore continuity error that really bothers me (laughs) i can tell Um, (laughs) was there only 99 dalmatians is that no 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 there's actually only three dalmatians in this movie but um it's not a major spoiler but we see anita and roger uh in this movie however corella grew up with anita darling and then we meet roger Mm. however in the original cartoon and the other live action remake, they are Anita and Roger Darling, meaning they have been married, meaning Darling should be Roger's last name. Well, that's hey getting now, deep in that's getting deep so, in the lore there. No, <laughs> I know, and so that's that's the one thing where I'm like, okay, the way so it also Roger is played by Kayvon Novak, um, from mm-hmm. what we do in the shadows, Nandor. Yeah, yeah. Um that's cool. And yeah. so he's like, you know, he's kind of bumbling in true Kayvon fashion. Yeah. Um, so I, I could definitely see it is also an interracial couple in this. Uh, well, they're not a couple in this version, but the two of them, if they get together, would be an interracial couple. Yeah. Um, so already progressive for the time period as well. So maybe he does take her last name in a sequel if we get one. I don't know. But that yeah. was the one thing that I was like. Come on, Disney. <laughs> How did nobody <laughs> catch this if this was right. not an intentional thing? Yeah. Would a sequel to this still be a prequel to 101 Dalmatians? Or do you think they would go well, into like, the uh, It very well could be. That's, that's the joke that I made was like, okay, so you're going to do a sequel to Corella, which is the original movie. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I yes and no. I feel like if they pick it up fairly soon after this one, there's definitely still... Okay. St- yeah. A couple decades before the yeah, okay. events of 101 Dalmatians, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, if we're going like Glenn Close version, right. you know, like age wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's possible. I think we could see more 
Cruella antics that still build up to. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the performance was really well done. And I think um, it was a nice, you know, it wasn't a kid's movie. Yeah, which it, is interesting. You know, uh, this, yeah. It, I would say it's a, a teen and up movie. Yeah. Disney for adults. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's funny. So anyway, I, I would recommend it. I thought it was fun. And uh, if we're if we're saying it's the female Joker, I still liked it better than the Joker. So. Hey. You liked it more than Promising Young Woman too, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, I which did. people were also comparing to a female Joker movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely interested to see it. Like, I've heard mm-hmm. kind of pretty much the same thing you're saying. Like, it's better than I expected, but it's not like, you know, obviously it's flawed to certain respects. And um, I mean, for me, the biggest thing is is I love Craig Gillespie, which, you know, he did like I, Tanya and, and the Fright Night remake, yeah. mm-hmm. and, like a bunch of great stuff. oh that makes sense okay i didn't realize he did itania and And paul uh, Paul walter Walter hauser is also in this movie paul walter hauser is his boy so and that's he's one of the other people though that i'm really excited to see in the film just because it seems like he's having a ton of fun so paul shout out loft ensemble Mm -hmm. alum uh but yeah no paul was fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the gags with his character and and the little dog that they have, yeah, were uh, they had me rolling. It was great. That's awesome. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think you'll like it alone just for that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. I'll give it. I'll check it out at some point. Probably yeah. maybe someday. Yeah, I'll probably hit it up when it's on Disney Plus. Like I don't really see myself yeah. going to the you know going out of my way to see it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you guys are getting your A list back, then that's true. That's uh, no. true. There's Go no see it in a theater. Yeah. I've been thinking about reactivating it finally. So yeah. We'll see. It's worth it, bro. I know. All right, we did it. We did uh, what we've been watching after. We'll, we'll see how that works out. Let us yeah. know if you like that more. If you want us to go back to the regular way, I don't know. Leave any kind of feedback you want. Taylor, where can everybody find you on the internet? You can find me uh, pretty much here um, and at Twitter <laughs> at Taylor Salen. Beautiful. What about you, Lauren? I am at underscore Miss Pixie underscore on the Instagrams mostly, technically on the Twitter as well. And also, actually, I think since we last podcasted, uh, I have been a guest on some other podcasts. Mm, nice. Um, I was a guest host on uh, Theor- Theoretical Thrills, mm-hmm. which I've mentioned before here, the yeah. really fun like roller coaster podcast. Um, and then as well as... Uh, Disney confessionist or confessions of a Disney cast member. Um, Though I have never been a Disney cast member, I have worked in theme park and tourism. uh, And I reached out to Bradley and Sophie over there and they were interested to hear in my tales from that side of things. So we had a lovely chat and I definitely recommend if you're, if you're a Disney, A lot of stories from a lot of folks who have worked in a lot of positions uh, all over the world for Disney. And so it's, it's a fun time. So, yeah, check Definitely. it out if you're looking for some Disney magic in your ears. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you know me. I'm the only nerd everywhere on the Internet, literally everywhere. That is my <laughs> handle. Find me. And uh, 
we should be getting like a Spider-Man trailer soon, probably. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about that next time. Loki uh, <laughs> three and four, uh, whenever that comes out. Hopefully, <laughs> Spider-Man comes out before that. Maybe we'll do a little special episode on that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but until then, later, nerds. Peace. Bye.